I wonder if you've ever read the book or seen the subsequent film, A Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. The book is one of my favourites, and it's a sort of science fiction comedy. And in it, the author Douglas Adams tells the story, among many others, of a particular race of hyper-intelligent alien beings who decide that once and for all, they're going to find out the meaning of life. And they say to themselves, we must know the answer to the ultimate question, what is the meaning of life, the universe, and everything? And so to find out the answer, they decide to build a supercomputer. And when they finish it, they ask it the question, what is the meaning of life, the universe, and everything? And the computer says, you're going to have to get back to me. It takes them seven and a half million years. But when the computer does finally give out the answer, what does it say? The computer says the answer to the question of life, the universe, and everything is 42. 42. Now, the answer is meant to be a bit ridiculous. It's meant to be absurd, even funny. But I'm here to tell you tonight, the Christian claim is that the ultimate meaning of life, the universe, and everything is Jesus Christ. It's found in the person of Jesus Christ. Yes, that Jesus Christ, the one we bang on about at Christmas, the meaning of everything, of your life, of my life, of everything in the whole universe, is found in a baby boy born 2,000 years ago whose birthday we're celebrating tonight. Now, I wonder what your reaction to that is, to that claim. Maybe a bit like the answer 42, you think, no, that's absurd, come on, Tim, that's ridiculous. But it certainly still, it still seems true to me that we are interested in the purpose of our lives. We're interested in what the meaning of it all is, especially when there are some things in the news that really make you question stuff. I wonder if you saw this recent news story of a, a particular piece of art, a banana taped to a wall that sold for £91,000. That's ridiculous. Are you with me? The reason it came into the news is because a man was actually got into trouble for going up to the banana and eating it. And then all they did was just get another banana and tape it to the wall. And it's still sold for £91,000. That's insane. And all I wanted to know was who was the idiot that paid that much money? You know, if you would like to this evening, go home, find your own banana, tape it to the wall, become a millionaire. Good luck. Now, some of you might be like, no, come on, Tim, £91,000. Have you seen Waitrose prices? That's nothing. It's totally reasonable. But of course, there aren't just things, you know, maybe, of course, that might just be a comment on how art is temporary and, you know, everything withers and dies eventually, but it's still ridiculous. It's still totally meaningless. How can art be worth that much, especially a banana? What kind of world do we live in? But we don't just see it meaningless in art. We see it in the world around us, don't we? We see it in our own lives. Circumstances and events happening that are hard to make sense of. For me personally this year, both my granddads died within a week of each other. One died within just two days, and as we were grieving him, just a week later my other grandfather died. And it's that kind of event that makes you think, what is this all about? What is the meaning of it all? And we, we might want to ask that question as we think about the world more generally, as we think about the kind of injustice that we see, the kind of illness that we see, such people suffering and struggling so much around us. And in the kind of events that happened nearly two weeks ago on London Bridge, as two young people were killed, uh, as they were victims to senseless murder. Atrocities and horror like that really might make us question, what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life, the universe, and everything? And yet, improbable as it might seem, the answer to all of humanity's hope and horror and everything in between 
is Jesus Christ. How can that be, though? You know, the story of Jesus' birth, it's a nice story, but surely it's just that. You know, like the reading I had tonight, there's Bethlehem, which apparently has a flourishing tourism industry because all the premier inns are full. And then there's Mary and Joseph, and there's a donkey, and there's shepherds in tea towels. There's angels in tinsel, and there's the wise men who have something to do with Frankenstein, though we can't work out what. And of course, at the end of it all, there's a baby lying in a manger. And this is the story we see played out every year in nativity plays, don't we? Especially the ones done by little children. And um, I had a great time uh, this morning when we saw all the children of our church gathering together, and it was chaotic and it was fun. But I was speaking to a colleague who said, if you want to have a laugh, go and see a children's nativity play, because they're absolutely hilarious. And I thought, just to get us in the mood for that, I'd show us a little video. I wondered if you've seen this. Um, It's not of anyone in particular that I know, but it is of a little girl who was told to sing up so that her mother could hear her. Okay, should we watch the video? That's awesome. I suppose what I'm saying tonight, why did I show the video? What I'm saying tonight is that even in that kind of lovely, silly little production with a totally tone-deaf little angel, as cute as she is, let's be honest, even in that kind of story, the very truth, the very meaning of everything is actually being proclaimed. There's truth even in the trauma of a little angel murdering a Christmas song. Why is that? Why can I say that? Why why can I possibly claim that? Well, our first reading puts it like this. It's from John 1. It says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And this is talking about Jesus, who is the word of God. And to say that Jesus is the word of God means that Jesus is God's whole message to us. But the way that God communicates, the way that God speaks to us, is by becoming human by taking on flesh and living amongst us. The other reading we had put it like this. Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, 
made himself nothing by taking the nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is the supreme creator of everything, luring himself, humbling himself. This is the king of all the universe taking off his crown and walking amongst his subjects as one of them. And even humbling himself as he says, I will die on a cross for the world I so love. This is what is celebrated at Christmas. This is the truth that even a silly little children's nativity play can point us towards. 2,000 years ago, God became human. And God became a little Jewish baby boy. And he lived to die. And in those real historical events is the very meaning, the very purpose, the very answer to the question of life, the universe, and everything. The purpose of your life is not to have a nice life moving out of London, making all the money that you want in the world. The purpose of our lives, the reason why we are here, is for us to come into relationship with our Heavenly Father, with the one who made us. Now, we have a problem. On our own, we're separated from God by the things we do, what the Bible calls sin. And therefore, if we're trying to reach God, we are imperfect beings trying to reach a perfect God. But what Christmas shows us is that God, the way we know God and our ultimate purpose is through what he did. It's not by trying to add morality to our life, trying to climb our way to him by adding good deeds. No, instead we needed God to climb down to us in love. You see, after all, Christmas really is about love. Now, some of you are like, yeah, Tim, I know. I've been listening to All I Want for Christmas is You for two months straight. Did you know last year... 10.8 million people stream that song on Christmas Eve. If you want to make some money, obviously a Christmas song is the way to go. And we like it, don't we? You know, have a bit of a boogie and we think, oh, this song's so nice. But have you actually listened to the lyrics? Because it's kind of a burn. I don't want a lot for Christmas. All I want for Christmas is you. Try saying that to your significant other and see how far you get. This year, I don't want very much. You'll do. Good luck. Now, more widely than that, as you hear me speak tonight, as I'm talking about love and God and purpose and life in Jesus, you might be thinking, come on, Tim, chill out. I'm just here to have a mulled wine and a bit of a carol. But we do respond differently to this story. There will be differences in this room tonight. Let me tell you a story. In a mother's womb were two babies. One asked the other, do you believe in life after delivery? The other replied, why, of course, there has to be something after delivery. Maybe we're here to prepare ourselves for what will be later. Nonsense, said the first in a very manly voice. There is no life after delivery. What kind of life would that be? The second said, I don't know, but there'll be more light than here. Maybe we'll walk with our legs and eat from our mouths. Maybe we'll have other senses that we can't understand now. The first replied, that's absurd. Walking is impossible. And eating with our mouths, ridiculous. The umbilical cord supplies nutrition and everything we need. But the umbilical cord is so short. Life after delivery is to be logically excluded. The second insisted, well, I think there is something and maybe it's different to here. Maybe we won't need this physical cord anymore. The first replied, nonsense. And moreover, if there is life, then why has no one ever come back from there? Delivery is the end of life. And in the after delivery... There is nothing but darkness and silence and oblivion. 
It takes us nowhere. Well, I don't know, said the second. But certainly we'll meet mother and she'll take care of us. The first replied, mother? You actually believe in mother? That's laughable. If mother exists, then where is she now? The second said, she is all around us. We are surrounded by her. We are of her. It is in her that we live. Without her, this world would not and could not exist. Said the first, well, I don't see her, so it's only logical that she doesn't exist. I wonder which baby you are tonight. Which one you identify with. Maybe some of you, like the first, you are hopeful for something after this life. Or maybe like the second baby, you want to logically exclude the possibility of a God that you can't see. But here is the Christian claim. Here is what it all rests upon. To show that there is something beyond this life. And to show his great sacrificial love for us all. God became a baby. God entered a mother's womb, a teenager called Mary. Jesus Christ humbled himself and became just like you and just like me. And to some of us, that saying that that is somehow the answer to life, that the purpose of the reason why we're here is found in that, might seem ridiculous. That might like seem saying it's 42. It doesn't make sense. But within this Christmas story that we are celebrating tonight is the very reason you're here on earth. In Jesus, we find our ultimate purpose, our ultimate hope, and our ultimate meaning, our ultimate love. You see, on our own, yes, we are separated from God by sin. And on our own, we cannot possibly climb up to God to meet him through our good deeds. But Christmas is the story of God humbling himself and climbing down to meet us. And God came in Jesus for you to know the reason you're here. He came so that you can know God and his love for you. God wants you to know him. And he's come in search of you and made a way for you in Jesus. And Jesus really is the answer to life, the universe, and everything. I want to pray as the band come up. Lord God, I thank you so much for your great love for us. I thank you that you have made a way. And I thank you that you came 2,000 years ago for us all. And I pray that you would help us all respond to you tonight. Help us all follow you. And for those of us who are asking those questions of purpose and hope and meaning, I pray for your peace in our lives and for us to know Jesus Christ.